Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for uh, returning back with us after a week off for uh, The Other Identity. Of course, I am your usual host, Robbie Landis, the Great Landis, along with me, as always, Professor Awesome, a.k.a. Ben Morris. Your unusual host. <laughs> I think we're both a little unusual. More than a little. So, uh, how was your week off, Ben? It was good, man. I missed you, of course. Uh, there was a Robbie-shaped hole in my heart oh, that I nice. struggled to fill. But, um, yeah, it was good to kind of collect ourselves over uh, over Labor Day and uh, get get things back mm-hmm. together. Hopefully people weren't confused when they did not get a new other identity this Monday. Hopefully they went back into our ever-growing and now extensive archives to entertain themselves. But we're, uh, we're back and we're ready yeah, to start entertaining are, you guys all over again. We're over 30 episodes now, so how about Crazy. that? Yeah, 30 I know, and to we've, 100. And now, <laughs> that's... Very ambitious. Um, but you know what? You're right. We're not far from 100, and I'm proud of the fact that up until last week, we hadn't missed a week, so yeah, good for us. Yeah, we're doing pretty yeah. well. Uh, so, yeah, I had a really great weekend off, too. Uh, it wasn't so much a weekend off because I still had other stuff to do, but uh, uh, I still enjoyed it. Um, I think the only thing that, that I'm a little sad to report is I have definitely been slacking uh, on my comic reading um, since finishing uh, the first leg of, uh, of Rebirth. DC Rebirth. Yeah, I, sure. I actually haven't picked up a comic since then, but I have recently started re-watching and actually just finished uh, season one of Daredevil. I saw Netflix. that, I saw that. Man, I mean, I mean, everyone knows it's good. Everyone knows it's a good sure. show, right? But it's like, not, when, yeah, it's not a hidden gem at this yeah, point. Yeah, but when you go back and, and rewatch it, like even after seeing it, I'm sure I've watched through it three or four times now. Man, it's it's really good. One of my uh, fondest like late memories of working at Marvel was getting to go down to uh, to Dumbo in New York, and that was where they were filming Daredevil at the time. Mm-hmm. And I got to go on set for a little bit. I wow. got to watch. I got to watch. Famously, I watched kind of like one of the last scenes of the first season and this is before I had seen anything but the one where the three of them uh, Matt, Foggy, and Karen are outside the office and kind of just commiserating on everything that's happened Oh, when so they're I got like to putting see... the, uh, like the yeah. plaque up? Oh, When they're putting cool. the plaque up I got to see that scene which was very very cool and then I got to go inside the set. Uh, it, it's kind of cool because the set where they filmed all of the Netflix shows, at least at the time, was all in one place. Mm-hmm. So you could go from room to room and you'd be like in Daredevil, you'd be in Jessica Jones, you'd be in Luke Cage, and that was very <laughs> neat. But uh, yeah, I got to meet uh, I got to meet Charlie Cox, who played Daredevil. Interview him. Spoke to uh, the the folks who played Foggy and Karen. Uh, so I have, even though I uh, I have only seen the first season and a little bit of the second <gasps> season of Daredevil, I need to go back and finish yes, that. That's you on. Do. Yeah, it's on my list. But I, I I have a fond I have fond memories of season one. It was uh, a very I had actually well I had tweeted out over the weekend uh, how if there were a list, which I'm going to write at some point, of like yeah. actors that change the way that I look at certain characters. Like there's like a top five list uh, that Vincent D'Onofrio's uh, Kingpin would easily oh, be on absolutely. the top five list. And he actually yeah. responded to my tweet. <gasps> Shut up. I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's right. Yeah. So, what, um, yeah, what what an incredible performance. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what have you been reading? I know that obviously you you, you never stop, despite I now never being stop. back never to stop. school. Yeah, but you know what? That's actually keeping me sane. <laughs> it's just like I feel like if I can read five comics a day and obviously i share my thoughts on twitter as well as on instagram at ben reads comics um i feel like if i get five comics in a day i feel like very accomplished mm-hmm. uh, i don't know why that is but there's something psychologically where i'm just like that um, <laughs> so is that like the minimum that you aim for is five 
Yeah, okay. I, I, five is what I try to go. What I try. This is super insane, but I try to do five that I know I'm gonna tweet and Instagram about, mm-hmm. and then my reward if I make it through that is I read something like before I go to bed that's just for me gotcha. that I'm not sharing with anyone. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's weird. It's weird. I've accepted it. Um, but I wrapped up Invasion. I think last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the less said, the better. Man, that Ooh. did not did not hold up very well. It was very. But you know what I'm discovering, Robbie, and I want to and I want to take the time to say this is okay. that it's not like not all comics of a certain era are bad. I don't want to use that blanket statement because much like you remember, I didn't really enjoy Maximum Carnage, but I loved Age of Apocalypse. Uh-huh. So I think like '90s X Men comics age better than Spider Man comics. In the same sense, right after I got done with Invasion, which was an '80s DC comic, I reread for the first time in ages um, Batman Year One by Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli. Yeah, and that's it's incredible. And like it's from around the same time period as Invasion, but it's like night and day as far as Invasion was so bland to me, and Batman Year One just every panel was beautiful and just like counted well, so i just want to i just want to make sure we're we're not saying like all old comics are bad only no, new comics no. are and good honestly, you know what i mean I, I think reading through rebirth has really shown me that as well because i think that prior to doing that i might have i, I might have made the distinction that at least for me because obviously different people have different tastes that for me what i consider good and what i don't like may have uh you may have at least saw some similarities between certain things being lumped in in different time frames but reading through dc rebirth there are definitely a lot of stuff in there that to me is like transcendent Mm -hmm. and then a lot of stuff that's like i really did not ever need to read that right and the stark differences between them despite them all coming out in the same year essentially there's good and bad from every era and i think it's our tendency to just look at something that's old and just think like you know it's 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 it, it can't have aged well, but <laughs> yeah. I think there are certain comics. I'm discovering a lot of X Men comics. I feel like X Men is, for some reason, like timeless. If if you hit those themes of you know just dealing with the the big ideas of mm-hmm. X Men, like I'm reading um, an '80s story called Fall of the Mutants right now, yep. and it's not all good. Believe me, there's there's some there's some crap, but like I don't know X Men. Just there's something about X Men that just stands the test of time. Whereas I feel like Spider Man from the '90s was just. Mm-hmm. Uh, the less said, the better, and, and yeah. Well, speaking of standing the test of time, uh, enough with the pleasantries now. We're actually going to jump into uh, you know what we really wanted to talk about and what we would have talked about last week had we not taken the week off. But, of course, uh, that is the passing of Chadwick Boseman, uh, the Black Panther, King T'Challa. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that ourselves, you know, uh, uh, sort of, you know, what he meant to the MCU. And then we're going to be joined by our very own Norris Howard from Checkpoint XP to talk about what he meant to the world at large. That's coming up next. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to The Other Identity. Uh, Today's episode is going to be a little bit uh, uh, solemn here as we uh, remember and honor uh, King T'Challa, Chadwick Boseman, who uh, sadly uh, a few weeks ago 
passed uh, due to colon cancer, which, uh, to everyone's surprise, I mean, I mean when that popped up, I uh, Katie actually came in and was like, you know, did you hear what happened? I mean, whew, talk about a headline that takes the wind out of you. Uh, right. He, he was uh, diagnosed back in 2016, apparently. Uh, nobody knew except for his immediate family. Even Marvel didn't know. I mean, the, right? Jeez, oh, the man uh, uh, filmed like what six, seven films in four years? Something like that. I mean, there was a statement released by Ryan Coogler, who uh, directed Black Panther, and they were incredibly close, obviously. And he mm-hmm. had no idea, which I think is the craziest thing about this whole situation for all of us. Is a lot of times, you know, when someone is. Um, when someone's sick for a long time, you almost have time to prepare for the inevitable. And then if you lose someone in a tragedy, like an accident or something like that, we know how to cope with that as well. The thing for Chadwick Boseman was, you know, he kept this to himself as is his right. And Uh he wanted people to focus on the good work he was doing. And as a result, I think a lot of people have had trouble figuring out how do we grieve this? Because Mm -hmm. It's he, it, he didn't he didn't get taken suddenly in a car accident. He's been sick for many years. We just didn't know it. So it's a lot of like it's a lot of processing for people. It's yeah. a lot of processing, not only that he's gone, but oh, my God, like for me personally, the, the thing that washed over me and this, it was a tough night. The, the, the night we found out that he was gone. Um, but the thing that washed over me was just like, oh, my God, he did all of this while he was sick. Yeah. Like he gave us all of these incredible gifts these performances this this these characters these worlds like this was all well he was going to chemotherapy well he was and, and and i read stories the things that stuck with me most were the idea that he was visiting sick kids in the hospital and you know bringing bringing some light to their world and kind of brightening their spirits without ever letting it known that hey i'm sick as well like i'm going through this and that's just it's such a testament i don't think you can understate the the kind of not just actor. We'll talk about how good an actor he yeah. is, but just the kind of man he clearly was. It's 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 incredible. Well, and I think that contributes to the difficulty of processing this. Is it changes all of the you know preconceptions that we had going up to this point? You know, for for me, the thing that that hits the hardest now is whenever one fi- whenever someone finds you know a piece of an interview or or something that he said that now knowing what he was going through, it right, changes, the context. It changes the entire context of it. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, happening to, you know, going back and forth between Marvel movies when he'd have to get like super, you know, buff and, and put on all yes. that weight. And yeah, all I that saw muscle. that quote too. <laughs> um, you know, there was another one where, where someone was asking him uh, during the filming of Black Panther, you know, he was writing back and forth uh, uh, with a few kids who weren't going to live to see the movie's completion. And, mm-hmm. you know, he breaks down and obviously, you know, just that, that on its own is absolutely heartbreaking to see. But then to know what he was also struggling with and also fighting with himself Right, it, it's it's. I'm never gonna look at any of his movies the no, same way again. You know, and I mean they were already such such amazing pieces, and now like, I don't know. It, it's it, it's so difficult even to put into words. You know, uh, you had mentioned you know when when you know that 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 someone you know has been diagnosed and, and sure when well, you know we're going to have limited time you can prepare right and and there is still no preparing you know my my no, dad uh, died not. died from lung cancer and you know even you know when he finally passed we were told that we still had another six months right you know beforehand so it's just, just all around it's it's just such a man 2020 there's a lot just of, keeps on taking yeah, 2020 man but there's a lot of impressive things about chadwick boseman and particularly his performance as black panther but the thing i wanted to kind of 
harp on. I was thinking about, I was thinking about, you know, the, the Mount Rushmore of Marvel Cinematic Universe performances. And I think he's definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was most impressive to me is I remember that after, after Robert Downey Jr. made his appearance as Iron Man, and he was so perfect, he just inhabited that part so well. I was like, it's going to be really, really hard to cast Captain America because it has to be someone who can stand on equal footing Mm -hmm. to Robert Downey Jr. And in Chris Evans, I think they were able to find that incredibly rare talent who was able to share a scene and feel like these guys were equal. Yeah. The thing is, for Black Panther, that's doubled. Like, those expectations get doubled because this needs to be a guy who you buy being in the same room in the same conversation with both Cap and Iron Man and earning their respect immediately and having enough presence on screen that this character does not get lost, that this character holds his own. And when you look at literally from the minute Chadwick Boseman steps on screen in Civil War, all through his own movie into Infinity War and Endgame, he owns that character and makes T'Challa every bit the imposing hero that Tony and Steve are, that Thor is, that anyone else. Like, he can hold... He held his own with anybody. There's... And you... It's it's so important that he was able to make that character not just a supporting character who's in the background, but someone who is front and center. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. There, there's, I think, a lot of actors and a lot of characters in the MCU that it maybe took a few appearances or, or it took the right moment for people to really realize or really accept them for their character and who they were. But the moment he stepped on the screen, uh, there there was no doubt in my mind that this was our Black Panther. This, this Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa was just amazing. But, you know, you guys don't want to sit here and just, you know, hear, hear what <laughs> two white guys had to think about this. There's so much more to that story, to Chadwick's legacy. And uh, joining us next to talk about that... It's going to be Norris Howard, so stick around. We'll be right back. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, we have an unprecedented outbreak. Thousands of us walking the earth. We might die at any moment. Because we're under attack. In which case, we must act fast. Doctors are trying their best. Working long hours and... Always sacrificing. Their health to protect you. Well, I'd very much like to thank them. Thanks, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Wait a minute. What's the prognosis? It's still changing. So we have a novel virus and no vaccine at this time. What should we do? We got to get everybody else back into the houses. We got to keep them there. In other words, this is our lockdown, right? What that means is stay in your homes. Make no attempt to reach loved ones and take a long nap. You can count me out. You can count me out, too. Some people are immune to good advice. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Those idiots. I just need to make sure you fully understand. Let's recap. I'm begging you. Stay inside. Wash your hands. And make sure you've got 10 feet of personal space around you. Stay away from me. Stay away from me. Uh-uh-uh. I didn't hear you wash your hands. So think on this, lads. When you're home watching TV. Think about the medical stuff. Working for you. So I'm asking you. Stay home. I'm in isolation. Just stop the virus. All right, I'll do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You stay classy, planet Earth. 
Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for uh, uh, listening to and downloading The Other Identity. If you haven't already, as always, make sure that you tell a friend and get them in on this as well. So uh, we're obviously today talking about uh, the tragic loss of Chadwick Boseman, uh, King T'Challa, the Black Panther. And uh, we can't have this conversation without bringing in the one, the only, Norris Howard. I feel like if we would have tried to have this episode without bringing him, him in, it probably would have been the last other identity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Norris, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. You know, we did talk already, you know, a little bit just, just about, you know, what what Chadwick meant to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, to MCU, but, you know, what he was able to do, you know, the... the, the he changed the world uh, in in short, and uh, you know we wanted to bring you in here to to talk about just what that impact was and how profound that impact will continue to be, you know, going into the future. Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing to realize when you talk about uh, somebody like like Chadwick Boseman, you you recognize the professionalism that he brought to the gig, right? This is just talking about him as a as an actor, as a professional. And now, you know, in his past, and unfortunately, because this always happens when somebody passes, you get all these great stories mm-hmm. about what they were doing behind the scenes and what they were doing to, um, you know, lift up their cohorts, their coworkers and their colleagues and understanding that he he rallied for stuff like to make sure that T'Challa had a uh, African, you know, a vague, you know, a, a non geographically located African accent to make sure that Dosa uh, was the language that they used uh, when they weren't speaking English. It's a, a, a South, uh, South African dialect uh, around the South African region of Africa that they were using. And it's one of those types of things that, you know, it added so much to the film and to the character that I think another actor would not have gone that far. Another actor that was not as, you know, well-trained, another actor that didn't understand the significance of the character would not have brought those touches that took T'Challa and Black Panther sort of to a, a different level as every other Marvel character because there is there is a distinct reason why at, in Endgame the first one out of the portal is T'Challa. There's a reason for that. There's a distinct cinematic thematic reason why they made it him and it's because Marvel understood what that character represented not just to black people but to the Marvel Universe itself and Losing him is is losing a major, a major hub that the the universe was supposed to spin around. Uh, yeah. You know, coming coming from uh, uh, an, an an acting background myself, Norris, you're, you're you're absolutely right about about how, and not even just in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but in all the movies that he's in, reading all these stories. You know, every actor, the character that they take, they leave their mark on that character, but it's very rare. I think, as, as you had pointed out, that an actor is able to leave their mark on the film, on the project, and all of those involved in the way that, that Chadwick obviously has. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, to me, just just as as a black man, it was it was incredible for me to see somebody so regal so put together and and not and have it not be pantomime right because there's been other films you know where 
everything is so over the top when you're talking about like African royalty or you're talking about like people still living in huts and grass skirts and stuff like that. It, it, it is it is the first truly logical, in my opinion, logical depiction of what uh, a fantastical sort of fictional African you know, royal court or royal family might seem like, behave like, and and act like. I mean, he, T'Challa is such a great character because in essence, yes, he is a superhero, but he will, he will be the first one, person to say that he is a king before he is a superhero. And I think the way that he was portrayed in the film was accurate to that. And I think that meant a lot to me because while there are other black actors and black characters within the MCU, none of them have the presence and gravitas that Chadwick had when he appeared on screen as, as T'Challa. So it, it's a it's it is a flabbergasting loss, not just as a fan, but uh, it's a massive loss as somebody who appreciated seeing the character as a representation of something larger than that. Speaking of what both of you guys are talking about, both in terms of Nora saying how much work he did on the film and Robbie saying the impact he left, I think one of the stories that has come out, I, I, I read Ryan Coogler's remembrance of him and he talked about the fact that not every lead actor wants to be in the room for every audition, mm. but mm -hmm. basically Chadwick wanted to be because he understood not only the importance of him nailing the part of T'Challa, but creating this bigger portrait of Wakanda, uh, which I think it, it's, it's insane to me still, just as a comics fan, that in the year we're in, everyone knows what Wakanda is, right? Like that's not, you don't have to explain it. It's part of the culture now, which is incredible. And I think that's because of what you were saying, Norris, about, you know, portraying not only African royalty, but this... It, the, the Wakanda that Chadwick helped to build, I think is every bit as important as the character he helped to build. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, within, you know, especially the, the hip hop community and, and the black community, we have this thing, you know, this, this phrase, black excellence, right? Mm -hmm. Where we see, you know, somebody who's done well, we see somebody at the top of their game, whether it be athletic, academic, whatever, you know, it's just like, wow, black excellence. And it was, it, it, I was worried that what would happen is that with this film, it essentially would become a footnote to the MCU, mm -hmm. that it would be the Doctor Strange effect, where essentially it's a good film, visually stunning, really cool, but ultimately forgettable, um, and something that people just kind of went because it was their duty as MCU fans. Like, oh, okay, as MCU fans, we're going to go see it because, you know, we want to see them all. Um, and instead, what Ryan Coogler and Chadwick and the rest of the cast were able to do was they were able to encapsulate black excellence into, like, a two-and-a-half-hour film and, and throw it onto the big screen. And, I mean, even just some of the choices that Coogler made with the music and some of the stuff that they were able to do visually – which I, 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 what I was, what I cracked up about is, is in one of the interviews Coogler did with uh, Vanity Fair was, is he was saying anytime uh, T'Challa, Okoye, and um, the other, the the other lead, uh, female lead, I can't remember her name right now. The sister Shuri or the other? Not Shuri, the love interest. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, anytime the three of them were in the same scene, they always wore red, black, green. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. And those are the flags of, of Pan-Africanism. And so uh, that's the colors of the flag, of the Pan-African flag. And so it's just one of those subtle things that, you know, Chadwick and Ryan Coogler worked on together that helped even subconsciously solidify the fact that, yes, this is a Marvel movie, but this is inherently a black action movie with black characters about black issues with a black conflict that somehow the whole world got and understood. And I think without Chadwick, that does not happen. Yeah, I, I, I personally feel like like, like the, the term legacy doesn't even seem like it's enough to really talk about what what this movie has accomplished because I know exactly what you mean when you, you know, compare it to like, you know, I hope it's not a Doctor Strange where people remember Doctor Strange, but, you know, Ben still put it at number 22 on the overall ranking. I was going to say, I, but, I, took, I took Norris's uh, statement as a win for me yeah, on the it, rankings, it, it, so no, it, that was, appreci- and, that was appreciated. It, it was, but, you know, Wakanda is, is it's, it's not just a footnote. It's not just, just a fictional place to some people. Like, you know, to me, when you look at the fictional places within comics – Metropolis, Gotham City, you know, um, uh, Marvel's New York. Wakanda is easily within the top fives. I mean, you know, they're, they're, how many times has, has, you know, Wakanda been talked about on CNN, you know, whether a joke or not, you know, as though it was a real place? I mean, this, it, it, it almost even just transcends just your, your normal pop culture, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely does because the film transcended, yep, yep. right? And, you know, even even just understanding, and been to your point about the auditions, even just understanding the dynamic between uh, Killmonger and T'Challa, that, it, it, I, I think that conflict in what they were able to build with those two characters together, I think that conflict what really resonates is lost on people of of other cultures which is crazy because i have had to for my whole life and many african americans most of us have had to latch on to uh, the stories of other people and other cultures in order to create some sort of better deeper understanding of ourselves or there has to be some sort of some sort of parallel you know where in the way that x-men fundamentally uh, starts out as a as a as a uh, a treatise on the civil rights movement and the two sort of angles of that, um, and why I th- also I think why X Men is popular in mm-hmm. the black community, but I think to have the argument of the descendants of slaves and motherland Africa and the conflict and the duality that is represented between those two people and to have that plaster on a in a mainstream Disney funded is it don't get no bigger kind of film I think was insanity <laughs> and again it does not happen and it is not effective if it is not handled with care and with confidence and with talent uh, as with you know Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan, because I mean, the line, the Killmonger's last line about you know we'd rather you know throw me in the ocean with my ancestors that I'd rather you know died and live their lives in bondage. Chadwick Boseman said, "Add that line in." Mm-hmm. That was his idea, and it becomes the, in my opinion, the single most powerful line in the entire film because that encapsulates a whole feeling an undercurrent within the African-American community and without that that intrinsic knowledge 
one of the most important points of the film doesn't happen. And so you got to give it up to somebody like Chadwick and you got to give him, you know, it's just desserts and his, and his flowers. Unfortunately, uh, we couldn't give them to him while, while he was around. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anyone could have put it uh, any better, Norris. Uh, unfortunately, I think that is going to wrap it up here for today. Norris, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. You know, uh, again, the loss of Chadwick Boseman is something that, you know, I, I think we're going to feel now every time we go and we see a Marvel movie, you know, let alone whenever, you know, Wakanda's mentioned or, you know, whatever ends up happening uh, with yeah. the franchise uh, at large. Um, but, uh Rest in power to Chadwick, and we send all of our uh, you know, thoughts and prayers out to his family and all those who were close to him and knew him. Um, that's going to be it for us today, guys. Make sure you catch us next week on the same other identity channel at the same other identity time.